What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Prague Pod. Today, I'm super excited to have Terry Lamb, the Tatted Ninja, on. Um, I've, I'm going to be straight up. You were one of the first people that I wrote down on my list of names when I decided to start a podcast. So this is kind of a dream come true to finally see you here today. Um, Terry is a family man, a motivational speaker, personal trainer, gym and business owner. He's a proud patriot. And now you got a new one racking up on your list. You're now a bull rider. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that experience. Saturday night, you hopped on Big Mean Ugly Bull. Tell us what that felt like. Uh, that was pretty rad. It was, um, it was powerful. It was, um, it was humbling mm-hmm. to get on a, an animal that size, you know, and know, you know, often in life we plan things out and we only do the yeah. things that we, we kind of already know the outcome. Yeah. Like we know we're going to go do this or go do that and it's probably going to work out or we've done it before. We don't just jump into something new that is extremely dangerous, life-threatening, mm-hmm. potentially life-changing, but man, what a rush, what an experience, you know, to see the yeah. look from some of the people when I was back there putting gear on and these, these cowboys and these riders were looking at me like, you're going to get on Who that bull. Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. You know, but definitely humbling. It was cool to, to realize, you know, that we are, as much as man is like top of the totem pole, we think mm-hmm. we are like, you better respect your fellow beast because right. they're incredible animals. Yeah, there's other things out there. Yeah. Right on, that's cool. I appreciate, I mean, you're a very confident person. If you were to go and do a ninja obstacle course, you'd be super comfortable with even a really, really difficult one. But you are seeking out experiences that help you to be more humble. Going and jumping on a bull is definitely something that helps you to, to make progress in your humility and, and, and being well-rounded as a person. Yeah, I, can, I can't agree more. The, mm-hmm. the thing that I notice is that we are so scared. Like, people in general are so scared to do things that we're going to fail at. Mm-hmm. But yet we want to grow, we want to learn, we want to progress, we want right. to get better, but we want to do all those things while we're still comfortable. Like even a seed cracks, breaks, mm-hmm. sprouts, fights through the dirt yeah. to find the sunshine and grow. Like if you want to grow, you've got to get out of your shell. So mm-hmm. it was a bucket list thing. Like, hey, I want to get on a bull. I didn't know I was going to get on one of the gnarliest bulls there and like take off like a rocket ship. But right it was cool and, <laughs> and now you know and then i have that competitive edge now where now i'm like well i gotta stay on for eight yeah so now yeah. i'm gonna do it again you gotta just raise the stakes again and yeah anybody that um doesn't already follow terry go look at his facebook look at his instagram you gotta see this bull man when he says like giant beast this was the meanest thing out there he gets bucked off and then we see the bull just charging over and it's like mauling one of the bullfighters just has him on the ground it's crazy <laughs> crazy animal so props to you for doing that you definitely strike me as somebody who's been through a lot of discomfort, like you talked about. You've challenged yourself quite a bit to, to build this version of Terry, you know, the tatted ninja that you are. But I don't really know much of that backstory. Could you take us back a little bit into who you were before the tatted ninja, the older version of, of Terry? You know, I... So I'll start when I was real young, and I'll, mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll breeze through it quick, you know, so we don't yeah. drag it on. But, you know, when I was younger, I, I lived in an ice cream truck when I was a baby. Uh, mm-hmm. My dad was on drugs. My mom worked. She had most of the money, so we were left home with my dad that was on drugs a lot. I lived in a trailer in my grandparents' backyard for many years, which was like a junkyard as a kid. Um, I was born in a house at home on Lindsay Street, Riverside, California, so I didn't have nice things. Like I remember cleaning my grandpa's whole barn for like six bucks so I could buy books at the book fair. And then I had to walk like two and a half miles to school in first grade by myself in the dark or like it was just sun was just coming up to go buy books and I remember you know I went to like 
I don't know, like 18 different schools. I think I think I counted once, and it was like wow. 21 different total schools yeah. that I went to in my life. I lived in a lot of different places. Like a lot of people, I suffered emotional abuse, had an alcoholic stepfather, um, some sexual abuse, some different things. But all those things just built me to where I am today. When I was uh, 13, I started partying a little bit. My I lived in Utah, Roy, Utah. Mm-hmm. My mom sent me to California to live with my stepdad, and he had four-wheelers and dirt bikes and yeah. you know, nicer things than I'd ever had. And I went there, and I got straight A's, or like a 3.8, for like three-quarters of a year. And then I made friends again, started oh. getting in trouble a little bit. <laughs> and um, I had a good life there. My dad, um, Ed, gave me the best life I had. Mm-hmm. And then fresh out of high school, like less than six months out of high school, I got in that life-threatening car accident. Yeah. Um, changed my life, threw me upside down. Um, I didn't have a credit score or anything. Mm-hmm. So after the accident, I was more depressed. So for mm-hmm. the longest time, I was all about Terry. What can everybody else do for me? The world owes me something. Wow. You know, poor me. I was a victim of every mm-hmm. circumstance, even when I made the choices that put me in the situation. Uh, I was just selfish. I was miserable. I was depressed. I was future tripping. And I was a mad raging alcoholic and just a, a party bug. I had tons of friends, mm-hmm. but I had no family. You know, and I, I wow. burnt bridges with all my family for my friends. And uh, I moved here to Burley to live with my mom. I hadn't been with my mom in like 16 years. Okay. So I moved here and there was a whole bunch of suppressed emotions. Mm-hmm. So I lived with my mom and I actually ended up drinking even more, but like hiding it. Yeah. And then I got a couple DUIs here and... And I knew that I wanted to change my life and not be that version of Terry, but I just didn't have enough to push me. Yeah. Once I got those DUIs, um, the state of Idaho offered to put me in rehab and they sent me to Lava Hot Springs and I, I just turned my life around. I got my license taken, so I had to ride my bike everywhere. I started getting into fitness and I just discovered that I was above average at all things that I did. Yeah. And, and then I saw the Spartan race mm-hmm. and I saw a commercial during the first Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor fight. That'll give you guys a timeline. <laughs> um, and I said, I could do that and I'd be good at it. And we went to Boise, a handful of us and ran the Spartan race and I got 18th place out of 3,500 people or something. Wow. I'd never even run three miles before. Jeez. Didn't do a single burpee. Oh my goodness, <laughs> So I just did phenomenal and I just ran with it and then you know, I just haven't looked back since. Like, I can't even fathom. People are like, you ever gonna have a beer again? And I'm like, why would I? Like, that version of me is come and gone. And like, yeah. it's a piece of paper washed in a pair of jeans in the washer. You pull it out, you can't even make it out anymore. Like, it's yeah. just gone. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I did, I did not know so much of that, man. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, a couple things that I wanna pick out of that story. First of all, you grew up in a junkyard and that makes this place <laughs> Make more sense. I'm not calling this a junkyard, but you're definitely creative yeah. in the way you put things together. And this is really heaven for a lot of people who, like you, are really interested in, in challenging themselves physically and, and even getting creative in the way you set up obstacles. So that's really cool, man. Uh, secondly, if you guys are listening to this podcast, um, I'd really recommend that you take a look, even if it's just for a minute, on the video recording of it. Because you look at Terry now and he has his one eye that's yeah. damaged from the car accident. And then also above that, you, I love what you said. You had lots of friends, but no family. And you have a tattoo of the word loyalty right above your eye. That, I'm sure that's got to be something really deeply meaningful for you. That's in the unspoken language. 
in the world we live in today. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's loyal when you put something on the table. Yeah. But as soon as you have nothing to put on the table, loyalty goes out the window. And, you know, it's just, I contribute a lot of that and a lot of that mindset to like social media and this instant gratification that we Mm -hmm. have for every failed relationship, for every failed obstacle, for every failed everything. There's some person 3,000 miles away who sees the Picasso painting of what you call your life and says, oh, you deserve better or you can do it next time, but they don't really know anything about you. Right. They have no context for it. Wow. Wow, that's, that's interesting, man. Thanks so much for sharing again. So what would you say, oh, you gave us so much, you've lived different lives, and that's given you um, different things that you said you suppressed and had to deal with, with with substances until you really found out that that was not the right way. What would you say is the most critical thing you learned from that time when your life started to change, when you got those DUIs and when you, when you got in a car accident? What's the lesson that really turned your life around or began that process? Um, you know, I, I'm going to go with like material items, things mm-hmm. like we're so fixated on chasing things. Matter of fact, today it showed a picture of a guy chasing money and yeah. showed another picture of the guys he's older chasing money. And then it shows mm-hmm. him at the end of the road, at the end of a cliff, holding all this money with no one with him. Mm-hmm. And we spend our whole lives working all the time to pay for a house that we're never in, working all the time to pay for a truck that we never drive, working all the time to have all these things mm-hmm. that we don't even use. Because we're so worried about having all these nice things. I mean, you can have just as much fun as someone, on someone else's used item. Yeah. You know, a 1984 dirt bike is just as much fun to a, a kid who's never had a dirt bike as a 2021 right. dirt bike. You know, they're just happy to have a dirt bike because they've never mm-hmm. had one. And we get so fixated on the one-upper. I got to have nicer. I got to have better. I got to impress somebody. But then you learn through all those things. Like, people are going to judge you anyway. You know, it, it doesn't make any difference how nice. I mean, understand, like, present yourself well, dress yeah. well, look good, feel good. Like, that all goes hand in hand. But having all these fancy material things just to put yourself in debt and be depressed and miserable does, doesn't make any sense. Right. I think a lot of that is based in pride as well. Yeah. If you don't feel good about yourself in here, in your heart, then you're going to buy this thing to make you feel better. And you're going to buy this thing to make you feel better. And then at the end of the day... Really, none of that matters, and you still are empty on the inside. You're still filling a void. And I think that people that recognize that can really start to be full no matter what they have. Just like you said, I love the example of the, the dirt bike. Just making fun out of, out of simple things, simple things in life. Um, that's awesome. So, so I met, I'm, I'm going to tell him yeah. who's listening. So I met this little boy, or I met his, his stepmom, I think. Mm-hmm. And they had adopted him from Haiti, and he came here. And they could not get him to go to the bathroom in the toilet. And they couldn't figure out why. And they kept talking to him and kept talking to him and kept talking to him. And finally he said, I can't go to the bathroom in clean water. He couldn't fathom the fact that every day we go to the bathroom in clean water. But back home, nobody has clean water to drink. Mm -hmm. So he wouldn't do it. So they had to dye their toilet water with the little tabs to get him to use the toilet. Like, so that's like a perfect representation of that in a nutshell. Like, yeah. We, we have so much to value, but we're too busy chasing something of higher value. Yeah. To so many of us, drinking toilet water sounds disgusting. But that little boy looks in and he's like, it's clean, clean it's clear. Like, man, this is crazy. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, perspective. So, yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Um, so you mentioned a Spartan race. Is that kind of the time? The, the name Tatted Ninja sounds obvious now. It sounds like the obvious title for you. You just fit it so well um, on both accounts. When did that name kind of come to fruition when did that come in your mind was it during the spartan race or shortly after 
Uh, it was shortly after. There was, I was at a gym in Boise, mm-hmm. and I don't know what we went to that gym for. I don't remember, but they had a bunch of ninja stuff and like yeah. obstacles. And of course, I'm like a monkey, so I'm just right. jumping and swinging <laughs> and climbing. And this old man was like, "Man, you're like a ninja." Like a like a tattooed ninja. Yep, that's you, a tattooed ninja. <laughs> oh. And I just started laughing. I go, that's it, tattooed ninja. Like, we're, yeah. we're running with it. And we made the logo and just, and, you know, just we just stuck with it. And it's just stuck since. Like, more people call me by TN or tattooed mm-hmm. ninja than Terry anymore. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. I love that somebody else gave you the name. Yeah, that was that the just coolest, goes to show. you know, aspect of it. It's mm-hmm. like, I didn't create it. Some older gentleman <laughs> Tattooed Ninja. <laughs> yeah, he said funny. tattooed. I changed uh, it a little bit. Yeah, but. it's a little bit more swaggy with the way you have it. Yeah. So I've never met anybody like you. And I think everybody that knows you knows. I don't think I'll ever met, meet anybody again who's quite like you are. How do you accept yourself so deeply and stay authentic to who you are uh, despite all the differences? Um, I've just accepted. Like, it doesn't matter. It's none of my business what other people think about me. The sooner you mm-hmm. dial that in, like for you guys listening, like say that 10 times over. It's none of my business what other people think about me. Mm-hmm. It's none of my business what other people think about me. It doesn't become my business until they get in my way or it affects my life. The sooner you accept that, like, especially me, like, look, I look like a criminal. I look like I might pit pocket you on the street, you know, like totally people are like, like cross the road <laughs> rather than cross me on the street. Jeez. But I'll give you the shirt off my back. I'll yeah. give you the keys to my car yeah. and tell you, hey, I can walk, you know, make your drive. And so I've just learned that no matter what, humans are judgmental creatures. They're going to judge us. And I still do mm-hmm. it. I see someone and I'm like, oh, like, you know, this guy don't look good. Right. And then later you find out he's good or sometimes you find out he was bad. Right. You know, and your instincts were right. But it doesn't matter. You can wrap a good gift in bad wrapping paper. Mm. You can wrap a bad gift in good wrapping paper. Yeah. The gift is the same. So the sooner you accept that God created you to be you. You don't need to be anything else because you're unique. You're your own diamond. You're your own cut. You're your own ring. You're meant to fit someone else perfectly just the way you were designed. The sooner you just let go of all the doubt, the fear, the anxiety, the depression, like it doesn't change anything holding on to all that. You can wake up and throw a sandbag on your shoulders every day or you could wake up, put some running shorts on and go live your life. Yeah, I love that. I love that way you said what other people think about you none of your business, especially when it just stays a thought. Because I, I know so many people that are so paranoid about what other people might be thinking about them. They don't even know if they're thinking it. I work at the Boys and Girls Club. And oftentimes, you know, I'm putting out fires all day, right? It's like, this kid threw a rock at me. This kid did whatever. And sometimes the thing that makes me laugh the most is kids will come up to me and they'll say, uh, this kid is thinking mean things about me. I'm like, how do you know? What do you mean? It's in his head. It's thoughts. But really, we, we spend a, way too much of our lives. The average person spends way too much of our lives just imagining the worst case scenario or imagining what other people might think. Uh, I really love that idea of accepting yourself and it's more about action than it is about appearance. And that's something I definitely see from you. And once, once you get to know Terry, guys, you won't be afraid of him. It's one of those things where like your future tripping, you're worried mm-hmm. about what they think or what they're doing so much that you stop living to your potential in that moment. Mm-hmm. Just like I talked about getting on the bull earlier, like, I went into that whole scenario like I'm riding this bull for eight, like I'm going to win, yeah, I'm going to yeah, bring yeah. home a belt buckle, I'm going to take home the money. But I feel like mentally to get on that animal in that arena, in that stage, there was a lot of people there. There were. You know, and that's not my element. It's not like an ninja course where I know like I'm leaving top three. Right. I trained for this. <laughs> you know, I didn't really know what was going to happen. I knew I was going to get on the animal. 
and I knew I wasn't going to just, I knew I was going to leave, I knew I was going to leave the shoot. <laughs> yeah. Which is exactly what happened. <laughs> um, but we, we, we often limit ourselves just based off what we think someone else is thinking mm-hmm. before we even take care of business or, or commit to what we need to do. So we're, we're shortening our experiences in life because we think somebody's thinking something. Right. Yeah. And that's just, you know, that's miserable. Like, what happens if you if you're one of the best in the world at it, but you you thought somebody was thinking less of you, <laughs> so you just didn't even try? Right. You could catch the world record fish, but you're afraid you won't cast as far as he did, so you're just not gonna throw your line out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, take mm-hmm. the risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, my family and I've been watching the Olympics right now. They're on. We're kind of big Olympics fans, even though we're not super into sports. We love how everybody comes together in the world for the Olympics. And pressure really is a huge part of that situation. I mean, the world is watching, literally, during the Olympics. And sometimes those athletes will get so... I mean, imagine if you were in that, you know, that rodeo, and you're thinking about what all 500, 600 people there are thinking about you. Imagine how paralyzed by fear you would be then. But instead, you're like, okay, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get on this bull, I'm going to hold on tight and see what happens. And that's what allowed you to actually do it. And, and you, you, you shared with me that you're going to do better next time. You're going to try again? <laughs> yeah. Two weeks? Yeah, two at weeks the, at the Rupert Rodeo. I'm, I'm going to ride both nights, I think. Okay. Um, and then I'll practice up a little bit for them. But then I can, you know, mark that progress, like, in a video for people to see, like, clear as day. Because we have to paint it for people. That's the world we live yeah. in. Like, they have to see it. Cookie cutter. Yeah. So we'll give it to them, like, no experience. Practice, practice, practice. And then once I do the eight-second ride and I win a belt buckle dang with my medals, like, I can throw in the hat. But, yeah. But on my bucket list is ride in a rodeo, win a belt buckle. So I rode mm-hmm. in a rodeo, but there's a second half. You got to, yeah, you got to complete the full thing. Yeah. That's awesome, man. How many people do you think there are that have this many Spartan medals and also have a rodeo belt buckle? <laughs> I, I will bet there aren't too many that have, you know, 60 or 70 Spartan races yeah. and a belt buckle. Yeah, it's kind of a weird combination, but yeah. it's part of what makes you you. Uh, it's just hard. Yeah. You need to do more things that are hard. That are scary. Yeah. yeah that are different. Awesome. Right on, man. One of my favorite, so I've had the opportunity to serve sort of side by side with you a few times. You always are super helpful in the community, whether it's coming out for mental health things, you're a super big advocate for that. So with PAWS here in this area, I've done some things with Hope Squad. We kind of bump into each other, rub shoulders a lot. And I love that opportunity. But my favorite story of a time that I shared with you is recently, I mentioned I work at the Boys and Girls Club in my community. And recently, Terry came and set up his, his whole ninja course free of charge for the kids to just play on and learn and play around. And when he came to, to sort of instruct and show the kids around it, um, one of the kids ran up to his truck and he said, Terry, I remember what you said. It costs zero dollars to be kind. It costs zero dollars to be kind. And you gave the kid a fist bump or a high five or whatever. But I really think that is uh, the center of your story. Really, that's what's at the core of it. And the fact that that kid remembered that from you is such a powerful lesson to me. And that's just inspired me that every, every scenario and situation that I want to go into from now on, if there's not a lesson of kindness from it, what is there? There's nothing else that's more important, more valuable if you're not kind. No, no possession, there's, no material you can give. There's no shelf life on kindness. Yeah. There's no monetary value. But you can't give what you don't have. It's just like family values, morals, self-discipline. You know, the things that we try to teach our kids or teach people around us, like you can't give what you don't have. 
So if you're not willing to be kind, how do you expect to receive kindness? Yeah. You have expectations that, you know, they're unrealistic. So it costs zero dollars to be kind. It costs zero dollars to be a decent human being. It doesn't change anything if you're kind to somebody and they're not kind back. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that later that night, they're probably going to think on it. Yeah. So you're renting space in their head until they realize that they were wrong later. So take a second to be kind. You might change somebody's life. But if we change one life, you know that little boy went home and talked to his family about it all Yes, he was, absolutely. He was on repeat. He probably said these probably <laughs> all the time. He probably is, He's like yeah. telling his grandma and people. <laughs> so they're just little tape recorders, little sponges. But yeah. if we inject them with positive influence and the right things that they play on repeat instead of the negative influences mm-hmm. that are so readily available in the, in the yeah. world we live in, you know, we, we literally single-handedly are responsible for changing the world in our community. As small as that sounds, but like one yeah. community at a time, one brick, mm-hmm. you know, think about the pyramids, one stone at a time, like we just slowly chip away at building the bigger picture. Tomorrow's leaders are forged today. Yeah. So we work on, on those simple little tasks of just being a decent human being. Right. And I think it's also important that you don't wake up in the morning and you say, I'm going to change the world today. You say, I'm going to change my community. Yeah. And okay. even, and you can simplify it even more. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to change the world. I'm going to change my world. Yeah, yeah. Because you're in control and you talked about thoughts and I love that because thoughts, change your thoughts, change your life. Thoughts create emotions, emotions create actions, actions have consequences and it's a cycle. So if you can change your thoughts, you can stop the consequences before Mm -hmm. they become a consequence. But a lot of people react and get emotional, get mad, Mm -hmm. get angry, get sad, get irritated, get irritable, say things they don't mean. And then later have to pay the consequences. And then later they're upset, they're mad, and then it just drags on. The loop on. goes on, yeah. And mm-hmm. so you're just in a toilet bowl spinning. But all you have to do is just catch that first thought like, nah, today. Yeah. Backpedal. I'm not even going there. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So what or who inspired you to serve in the community like, like you do? I know you mentioned that the old Terry with no loyalty would only, would only be loyal to you if there was something on the table for him. Is that all that it is now? Is you just want to be selfless enough to give without getting? So the way I look at it is the numbers in my bank account are never going to be what's written on my tombstone. Mm. Someone's going to write a eulogy or something about me on my tombstone. Yeah. And let's pray that it's the character that I've built the reputation of my mm. name around. And that's the legacy that my children will yeah. automatically inherit. Right. So who am I to take that away from them? Mm. I better leave them something to be proud of. And it doesn't matter how much monetary stuff because they could, it could be set on fire tomorrow and be gone. Mm. But if I leave them with strong character values, strong traits, strong mm. morals, and a reputation for being the hardest worker in the room and not afraid to tackle any obstacle, they'll get hired anywhere they want. Yeah. You know, so you're leaving a legacy just built off of your reputation, off people. You want to work so hard that when someone talks bad about you, the other people in the room are like, not Terry. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. That's not the guy I know. Right. And that wasn't me before. Mm -hmm. Before, everything they said was probably true, and that was only what they knew about. Right. You know, I was not a good person for the most part. I mean, I wasn't out, like, committing felonies and stuff, but I was not... I was never doing the next right thing. Now I focus on always doing the next right thing. Yeah, that's so powerful. I was hanging out with somebody, a group of guys the other day, and one of them just kept saying, I don't know, we were talking about the economy, some, some, something that doesn't matter. And one of them just kept saying, everything has a price. 
everything has a price. And I was like, you know what? No, that's not true. And I think you, you hit the nail right on the head when you said character. Character is something you can't buy. Those, those words on your tombstone, that's going to be something that's way more important than money. Also, kindness. And that's just, that's the thing. People often sell themselves. You can pay somebody to like you. Yeah. But they don't really like you. Right. They like your money. Exactly. And when your money runs out, they're using you. Uh-huh. So really, you're miserable and you know it. And then what do you spend to make money? What does everybody spend to make money? Time. And what are you never going to be able to replace? Time. Most worst invested mm-hmm. resource known to man in history. Yeah. And most poorly invested is time. We invested in bad relationships. Mm-hmm. We invested at the bar. We invested in injecting toxins into our body or drinking mm-hmm. toxins, however you want to look yeah. at it. And so many things that don't benefit us. Video games. I, I can't stand them. I have a PlayStation, but I don't use it. Because I'm like, you're just wasting your, your life. Like, yeah. go do something. Go experience something. That's why I like, get on the bull. Like, do this or do that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not getting any younger. Right. You know? And I'm like, I did Spartan Race one weekend. Got on a bull. Then I have Spudman next weekend. Then I'm getting on a bull the following week. <laughs> back to back to back to back. You right. are a busy guy, man. You really are. <laughs> yeah. You sent me a picture when we were trying to schedule this. You sent me a picture of your schedule. I was just like... That was crazy to me, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I thought I was busy just like with my calendar and stuff. But yeah, you really do use that resource in a in a valuable way. And as I'm here in your gym to to get this filmed, I had to use the restroom before, and I I'm in there, and I realize like what you said is really true. That you said that I don't have a lot of nice things, but it doesn't matter. Like I'm a nice person, and that's really what it is. Is you use your time the way that you need to, and money is you have enough to get by, and that's that's some. Your values are aligned in that area, I really think. Um, so we talked just a little bit about this earlier. You really are a, a local superstar. And there are a lot of kids that really look up to you. In your mind, what does it take to be a good role model, Terry? Honesty. Mm. You can't sell a lie forever. Mm. Like, you might get away with it for a while but you're never gonna get away with it forever. So you just need to be genuine, you need to be true, you need to be honest, but it's not honest to everyone else. That's not what's gonna kill you. Yeah. Being honest with yourself. You have to sleep on that, right. not everybody else. So integrity, you know, mm-hmm. ownership, but I, I would just go straight across the board, it's just honesty. You don't mm-hmm. have to remember everything if you're just transparent. Yeah. It's yeah. that simple. Like life is literally that simple. Your work, your job, you go in, you have all these excuses, all this stuff while you're late, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then you have a cold coffee in your hand or like an iced coffee in your hand. But you just said all those reasons why you're late and you're holding the coffee. Oh, uh-huh. you know, that's not fine. <laughs> you tell your boss, dude, you know what? I slept in. I overslept. My bad. It won't happen again. They might, they probably won't even write you up if you're, if you're transparent. If you're honest, yeah. If you're like, hey, I screwed up. I'll stay an extra hour. Yeah. You know, I'll work 15 minutes of my lunch, whatever we need to do. And they value that. But they value it so much because it's like a unicorn in the world we live right. in. Right. You know, I, I think. I, I blame a lot of that on social media. Like. Because it's not honest, is it? No. It's <laughs> so, um, it's everything but, you know, to say the least. I got Gage. Come here, Gage. I'm doing an interview for a podcast. Come here. So this is one of my students. Come over and say hi to the camera. We're doing a podcast interview. Hey, oh, over how here. are you? Look. Come here. Turn around. <laughs> There's a camera right there. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Come here. 
Got it. <laughs> Say what's up. What's up? This is Gage. This is one of my students. So we started at, um, we started about four. So he's coming in to work out. Um, we still got a few more questions, though. You want to hang out while I answer a few more questions? Is that okay with you? Thanks, okay. Gage. Thanks, right Gage. On, man. We'll, we'll pick it up just a little bit so we, you can get to your student. Thanks so much, man. This is the real Terry. I mean, this is what he does with his life. Um, I got to choose the most important ones now, dude. <laughs> we can always come back, too. Yeah, okay. Thanks. So you, you mentioned legacy just a little bit. You have a little son. You're a big family man. That's what you do it for, I assume, is, is a big part of it. What do you want your legacy to be? Or maybe what do you want that eulogy or those words on your tombstone to be at the end of the day? Um, I'd rather it be, you know, someone else's honest opinion and someone that I don't regularly associate with. So it'd be really cool to have a eulogy or like the writing on the tombstone to be someone who's around me often enough to give an honest opinion, whether yeah. good or bad criticism, but to give an honest criticism from the outside looking in. Yeah. You know, so wow. to have, you know, the outside of my little logo, my little world if someone could shake it up and sum it all up, you know, and spell words with those snowflakes, like that's what I would want someone yeah. else to do. Yeah, that's interesting. I want to go uh, just rewind just a second. I think something that's really important, like you touched on honesty, I think a big part of my story and your story as well is in order to move forward and to make progress, we have to admit our past. We have to admit our mistakes of the past and say, you know what, that was me, but that's not me anymore. Yeah. And once it's all out there on the table, that's when you can move past it. Well, if you're hiding it, how do you learn from it? Right, yeah, exactly. You own it, so, you know, it's still a skeleton in your closet. Exactly. Clean out your closet. You know, That's right. Sweep the dirt out from under the rug. It's okay. still there, it's just not under the rug anymore. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And you, you have the ability to remove it once it's out, of the, out from under the rug. So, rapid fire round, let's do, what's one question you've always wanted to be asked? Um, what superhero would I want to be? It's one of my favorite questions. Okay. And which one is um, Daredevil. Daredevil. Okay. Because he's blind, so materials mean nothing. Oh, yeah. He materials, it's all so feel, many things. It's all emotions. Nothing. It's all sights, sounds, scents, smells, the most important emotions, the most important way to yeah. translate life instead of instant, you know, judging. You can't judge someone if you can't see them. Yeah. Or we're very less likely to. Right. You're not going to judge them off the sound of their voice. We judge off appearance. Yeah. He drives a crappy car. He's got crappy clothes. He's got crappy shoes. He must be a crappy human. Mm. Right? Yeah. But once you, know. you feel them, you're able to get to know. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and you feel That's that awesome. emotion, that, that connection with them. That's awesome, man. So if you were to do it all again, what would you do differently? You know, I laugh about that question, too. That's a good question because I, people ask me all the time, would you go back and not have your accident? You know, and have both mm. eyes. And I'm like, obviously, it would be really rad <laughs> to have both eyes again. Yes. Um, and to not have my injuries. So... I wouldn't take my accident back because it's made me who I've been, who I am. Absolutely. But to be able to push my athletic potential, yeah, correctly instead of going down the path that I did, I would probably be an Olympic caliber athlete or an X Games really? gold yeah. medalist. Without all the alcohol and drugs and, and yeah. yeah, you know, and 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 I did it. I was trying out for the X Games on a motorcycle when I was younger and mm -hmm. doing lots of really rad stuff, but I just didn't take it serious. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have a role model, so that goes back to the community action. Give these kids hope in something. Yeah, they yeah. They need hope in something. I have two more questions for you. I really appreciate your time today, yeah, Terry. Um, what is your intention or your purpose for the world? If I can change just one life, mm -hmm. and that one life, like a seed, branches out and continues change to change one, other change lives. Yeah. So that's how I look at every day. Every day I have the opportunity to change someone's life. So every day I plant a seed. Yeah. 
And someday, millions of people will remember the Tata Ninja and what he stood for and what he was trying to do. Yeah. Or not. Or they won't yeah. even remember you. Yeah. But still, you will have changed the world. Yeah, and my life doesn't change either way. Yeah, exactly. Be You'll be dead, man. Yeah. You won't care. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. How does knowing that you can make progress change your life? I would say that it's just the daily consistent struggle to just be a better me every single day. So the way I look at it is you have easy path and you have a hard path every day. Progress is choosing the hard path every option that you get, every chance that you get. Yeah. So hey, you can, you can swim right here or you can fly this kite right here or you can do it in a storm or you can do it upstream or you can... Ride the bull. You know, exactly, <laughs> you, know you can go to the fair or you can go to the rodeo or you can ride the bull like, I'm gonna ride the bull. Yeah. You know, and, and so that's just how I look at it. Like the daily choices, the daily deposits, every deposit you make can be towards progress or towards complacency. Mm-hmm. Choose. Choose. I'm going to leave it at that. Thanks so much, guys, for watching. Thanks so much, Terry, for being on. Yeah, absolutely. God bless okay. you. Hope you have a great day. Hope you have a great training session with Gage, man. <laughs> yeah, cool.